I'm Andrew Murata, host of the Education Leadership and Beyond podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you are listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that will be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors, find the NVTA logo and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Jennifer Robitaille, the Director of Research and Development for Aperture Education. Join us as we look at social and emotional learning for educators. Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, do you know someone who uh, may not have heard of Teaching Learning Leading K-12, the podcast? Hmm? It would be so awesome if you shared it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for doing that. And uh, by the way, while you're there, could you go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and leave a review? You're awesome. Thanks for doing that and enjoy the show. Hey, Steve here. And my podcast, Teaching Learning Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use. My Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Jennifer Robitaille is Director of Research and Development for Aperture Education and an author of the Educator's Social Emotional Reflection and Training, or EdCert, program. She is also a co-author of the DESA High School Edition, D-E-S-S-A-H-S-E, and provides training to schools and educators on these programs. In her career, she has focused on applied research and evaluation, and she has trained in school, out-of-school, and early childhood settings since 2010 on a variety of topics related to SEL and resilience. Today, we'll take a look at social and emotional learning for educators. Jennifer, thanks for joining me today, and say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. So, Jennifer, it's awesome to have you here. And uh, before we go any further, could you tell us what Aperture Education's why is? I mean, why does it exist? Uh, what's its purpose? Sure. Thank you so much for having me today. Aperture Education is an organization that is focused entirely on promoting the social and emotional competence and well-being of all individuals in school and out-of-school time communities. So that includes both students as well as the adults in those settings who teach and care for our students. And our mission is to work to ensure that every student has the social and emotional skills that they need to be successful, productive, and happy, both in school and in their lives. 
And the way we do this, the way we meet our mission is to provide assessment tools to measure each student's unique social and emotional strengths. So things like their relationship skills, their self-management skills, their optimistic thinking. Um, and in addition to the strengths, also provide uh, information about their opportunities for growth. We provide this information back to educators, to staff, to families, and, and the students themselves, and then pair that data with social and emotional strategies to help build each student's skills. We work really closely with school districts and out-of-school time programs across the United States in order to support their efforts in promoting the social and emotional skills of their students. Very cool. So it, now let me ask you, you, I mean, you're director of research and development. So what do you do? What, what is your main focus? Yeah, so um, my, my focus at Aperture Education is on actually creating the social and emotional assessment tools and the strategies that we provide to schools and to programs. So all of our resources are grounded in research. Um, so a lot of my time and my team's time is spent working to ensure that our tools meet or exceed professional standards in the education field in terms of testing and measurement. Um, I also work to make sure that our tools are practical for teachers, you know, that we respect teachers' time and the realities of school settings. So in addition to actually developing the tools, I also work with colleagues to support the use of our tools in practice. So I consult with my colleagues at Aperture around how best to get these tools into the hands of educators and staff and students, as well as how to most effectively support uh, and train educators and staff in using these tools. And then lastly, I also contribute to ongoing research and evaluation pro projects. So we partner with schools and programs who are using our tools and our resources, and we help them examine the impacts of their social and emotional learning efforts on both their students and their staff and their, their com school community as well. That's uh, awesome. V very cool. So one of the things I'll make sure we do, because we're, we're, we're using the term social emotional learning, uh, I, I want to make sure that we explain what it is that you mean when you use that term. So can you do that for us? Yes, absolutely. So when I talk about social and emotional learning, um, I am using the definition that's been provided by an organization called CASEL, or the Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning. CASEL has long been a leader in the field of social and emotional learning, and as part of many of their, many of their contributions to the field, they have provided us with a definition. Um, so CASEL defines social and emotional learning as a process, a process through which all young people, as well as adults, acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes related to a variety of key social and emotional competencies. So for example, things like developing healthy identities, managing emotions and achieving personal and collective goals, feeling and showing empathy towards others, establishing and maintaining supportive relationships, and also making responsible and caring decisions. So social and emotional learning is all about helping both students and adults learn these important skills and then help them to use those skills effectively throughout all aspects of their lives. 
That's awesome. I appreciate you taking time to explain that. So I just want to make sure that we're all on the same wavelength of what we think it means. And, and so that's cool. The, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I got to say is that uh, this last year and a half has been a little interesting, to say the least. And, uh, you know, while social and emotional learning has been an area of focus for schools for a while, why even more so over this last year and a half? What do you think? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, there are now decades of, of research showing the benefits of social and emotional learning and promoting students' social and emotional skills. Um, and we know that these skills are just so important for students both to do well in school as well as do well and in, in, um, in their personal lives. And they continue to be really critical for success as students enter college in the workforce. We also know from this vast literature um, on resilience theory that so these social and emotional skills can be and can serve as protective factors for us when we face any kind of adversity or change in our lives. And so, you know, reflecting back on the last year and a half, you know, students have faced so many unprecedented challenges in their lives. Their school lives were you know, completely disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Most schools um, abruptly closed in you know, the spring of 2020. Students had to adjust to remote learning. They missed out on sports seasons and end of year special events. And they were away from their friends. And then many students also faced really difficult challenges at home um, over the last year and a half. Students lost the safety net of schools and of caring teachers who were there for them. Uh, they lost you know, guaranteed meals, for example. Uh, many families struggled with lost jobs and lost incomes as well as just illness and, and the death of family members and you know, the general uncertainty that we've all experienced um, throughout this pandemic. And so we know students have dealt with a lot of really heavy things over the last year and a half. And there's reports, recent reports coming out showing that students are now really struggling as they're returning to school and returning to their classrooms again. You know, it's something that uh, most of us probably never would have thought about, but uh, when you kind of have a, uh, um, hey, the doors are closed and uh, go home and parents suddenly have to figure out how to deal with the fact that now, you know, if you had one child, that'd be one thing. But if you got more than one and they're in different grade levels and you're suddenly in charge of <laughs> everything yeah. all day long and uh, and the, the kids wishing that they could be with their friends and they couldn't be with their friends. I mean, there's just any number of things. And, and it's funny because, you know, even though I think kids are going to do a great job of bouncing back from this. One of the things that uh, even the, I mean, the older they get, it's, there's still all kinds of issues around there. I mean, I've, I've watched kids as soon as they came in through the, uh, the school doors, the first thing they did is they go straight to whatever friends they haven't been able to see for a while. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's, it, it's very impactful. And I don't, I think it's something that can't be taken lightly, which is what you're talking about, you know, and that, and that brings me to something because we can't just focus on the kids because there's more to it than that, um, because there are the people who work with the kids. And, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, we and so my next question without just getting into a statement here is, you know, we have a tendency to focus on what students are going through and how to help them. But SEL is important for educators, too. Can you tell us a little bit about this side of things? I mean, how does supporting teacher well-being help those teachers, you know, better support their students? 
Yes, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. So, you know, we often forget that, you know, in the last year and a half, teachers have also experienced so many unprecedented challenges and stressors in their own lives, both professionally and personally. And, you know, even before the pandemic, it's, it's very well documented that the teaching profession is one of the most stressful occupations out there. Everyday teachers face so many different stressors, you know, things like finding time to plan their lessons, um, struggling or dealing with students' challenging behaviors, pressures that they get from administrators or from families, and that's just naming a few things. There's, there's a vast literature out there available showing us that stress, and particularly stress for teachers and stress that's chronic, can lead to illness as well as fatigue and ultimately burnout. And burnout in particular is, is a pretty serious thing that leads many teachers to ultimately leave the profession every year. And then for those highly stressed teachers that do stay in the profession, we know that stress can really have a negative impact on their ability to create a, a positive and supportive learning environment for their students. It's just harder to do that when we ourselves are stressed. And we know that that learning environment is just so absolutely critical for student learning and for the development of healthy teacher-student relationships. So supporting teacher well-being can help support or help reduce teacher stress, which in turn can help teachers to more effectively support the, the many and the growing needs of their students. And then at the same time, we also know that supporting teachers' well-being and their own social and emotional competence and learning can help teachers more effectively support students' social and emotional skills. So for example, for educators who have developed, you know, for example, a quick and effective technique for calming themselves down in the moment, for example, when a, a disruption occurs or something goes wrong during a lesson, a technique such as taking you know, a few deep breaths before responding um, is something that can help us to really effectively manage our emotions in the moment and at the same time, that's a really important skill to model for students. And so teachers who can, you know, have those skills in place uh, and can model those social and emotional skills for students goes a really long way for students learning to actually apply those skills in their own lives. We know how important modeling is for student learning and development. And so again, supporting teachers' well-being and their social and emotional learning can also help teachers more effectively promote the social and emotional skills of their students. Yeah, it's, it's also, you know, one of the images that comes to mind is uh, the idea that, you know, if you don't, you know, the, the idea that the, the, if you don't take care of them, if you don't help feed their needs, that they're going to eat the kids. <laughs> And, and I don't mean physically eat them, but I mean, you know, it's like, you know, the idea that it gets overwhelming after a while, because it is when you're, when you're dealing with other, all, all the time, other people's um, traumas and, and issues they're dealing with, and then you don't deal with your own, yeah, pretty soon, you know, you're snipping at people, you're, you know, little things are bothering you that didn't bother you before, and then they become big things. And, and, uh, and you may even start deciding that, well, you know, it, you become a different person, I guess, is my point. And 
I think what a key aspect of this. And I, you know, I don't think, I think if anything, the pandemic pointed this out that we need to be focused on our professionals who work in the building just as much as we are the children. Absolutely. Very cool. So I, I understand that Aperture has an SEL professional development program specifically for teachers. Uh, can you tell us a little about, it's called EdCert, and can you tell us what it is and how it helps educators strengthen their SEL teaching practice? Definitely. So EdCert stands for the Educator Social Emotional Reflection and Training Program. And um, as you mentioned, it's a professional development program focused on social and emotional learning, specifically for educators. And that includes teachers, um, K through 12, as well as out-of-school time staff. So EdCert's primarily designed to help support the social and emotional knowledge skill set, and well-being of teachers. And the first component to EdCert is focused on increasing knowledge around social and emotional learning. We know that most teachers today enter the teaching profession with very little pre-service training or coursework in social and emotional learning, yet they're expected to deliver it when they get into the classroom. And so many teachers get, have lots of questions about, you know, what are these social and emotional skills and how can they best support the development of these skills within their students? And EdCert helps to provide teachers with that foundational training and knowledge to help them better understand key social and emotional skills, what they look like in their classroom if their students have these skills or don't have these skills, as well as why they're important and what difference having these skills makes in students' lives. And so EdCert focuses on social and emotional skills like self-management, decision-making, relationship skills, those sorts of social and emotional competencies. So following the sort of foundation in social and emotional learning, EdCert then provides teachers with personal self-reflective assessment tools that enable educators to reflect on their existing social and emotional learning teaching practices um, and help them to identify their strengths or practices that they're already doing really well in their classrooms. It also, those self-reflective tools also help to bring awareness to potential teaching practices that maybe the teachers are not yet using consistently in their classroom or give them ideas for effective and useful strategies that they can use and, and adopt in their own classrooms. The, the key is that this reflection is really designed to be a personal reflection and not something that's shared or, um, or you know, asked about by administrators, for example, but something that's personal to really help educators gain familiarity with important teaching practices and how their own practices can best support social and emotional learning in their students. And then lastly, sort of the, the last key piece of EdCert is that following that self-reflection, teachers can choose from a variety of strategies that can enhance teaching practices that they'd like to focus on. So some of the strategies are very much self-directed and something that an educator would work through independently to build their own skill set. Other practices or other strategies in EdCert are designed to be actual things or practices they can do in their classrooms with their students uh, that ultimately support the, the development of social and emotional skills in their students.
So big picture, the goal for EdCert is really to help teachers better understand social and emotional learning and learn new social and emotional learning techniques and teaching practices that they can in turn use to best support students' social and emotional skills, as well as at the same time help to um, improve their own well-being. That's awesome. That's very cool. And and I'm going to ask a little bit later how you go about, uh, if you're an educator, how you go about getting involved in this. So keep that thought. I'll come back. That's that's popping through my head right now. We, you know, one of the one of the things that uh, I got to ask you is, I mean, in your work with Aperture training educators, you likely get a lot of insight into some of the biggest challenges they're seeking help from in an SEL standpoint. I mean, what are some of the most common things they're seeking help with and what are some strategies you would recommend? Yeah, you know, I think the single most common challenge we hear from educators is how to find time to promote students' social and emotional skills when there's already so much they're asked to do each day in terms of academic content. And so part of both EdCert as well as the training my colleagues at Aperture provide to teachers across the country is really helping educators to see social and emotional learning as not just one more thing they need to do every single day, but instead SEL is something that can be integrated into just the daily lessons, the daily interactions, the daily classroom experiences. So for example, you know, a a common a common technique or a way to infuse social and emotional learning throughout the school day is uh, when reading a book with students. Um, Teachers can take a few moments and emphasize parts of the story that relate to social and emotional skills. So for example, asking students uh, what emotions the main character might be feeling in response to a given situation or maybe how the character in the story could have maybe stopped um, and thought through some possible choices before making an important decision. So really connecting social and emotional skills into what's being read in that book. Another example, uh, group projects. You know, particularly as students get older, a lot of uh, classrooms uh, and assignments focus on group projects. And so Those are a great opportunity to reinforce things like collaboration skills amongst peers, uh, things like active listening, how to respectfully disagree with peers are really good, uh, good SEL skills that can be integrated into group assignments and group projects. So it's really about infusing SEL throughout the day and sort of changing that perspective versus thinking about, okay, what's one more thing I need to do every single day? I like that. You know, it's, you know, and as a note, I mean, that's a lot of what you're talking about is stuff that um, maybe we might've had a class on it. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, maybe me, someone may have said something to the whole faculty to say, hey, we need to get better at something like this. And here's some thoughts about it. But typically, that's not the case, and and we need help in learning how to do this, and that's that's cool what you guys do. So you know, because it, that's it's it's so necessary in, in working on things. I I got so many different thoughts through my head about the different you know, the the many different interactions that you have as a as an educator throughout the day and uh, week and the months and so forth. Where uh, having some training in that would be so helpful. You know, let's let's switch to the administrator side of things. I'm a former high school principal. I mean, what are some things that school and district administrators can do to support teacher well-being? Yeah, 
Good question. So, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind uh, and something that we hear teachers say a lot is uh, just for administrators to be aware of all of the stressors and challenges teachers face um, and understand that supporting teacher well-being would really need to be a priority at a school level or a district level and really be a, a district-wide or a school-wide initiative. And then ensure to ensure that, that administrators are, are meeting teachers' actual needs, we'd really recommend that administrators spend time talking directly with teachers, getting their input on what kind of challenges they're facing, also getting their input on ways that they can be supportive and can be helpful ways that can really benefit teachers. Involving teachers in the process of supporting their own well-being is, is a critical part of the process and is sometimes overlooked. And then from there, we, we often hear from teachers that the number one thing they need is more time in their day for planning. And we know there's so many challenges with that go into that. Um, but, but a lot of teachers are spending time either before the school day, early in the morning before students arrive, or after a long day of work doing that planning. And so trying to find ways, and often it needs to be innovative ways, to build in time for teachers uh, to do that intentional planning that they need to do can really go a long way to reducing stress and supporting their well-being. Another suggestion we often share is to provide opportunities for teachers to connect with their colleagues. Teachers often spend a lot of time independently in their own classroom. And so socializing, opportunities to socialize and spend time with their colleagues. Maybe it's during lunch, maybe there's opportunities to connect outside of the, the work setting. But providing ways to really support the relationships across teachers and amongst teachers is really key. Relationships and the support we get from others and from our colleagues is, is just such an important protective factor for our well-being, for, for all of us, really. It's, it's just a key to supporting our well-being. And then the last thing I would, I would say here is that um, many teachers right now are asking for resources and for training to support their well-being, their mental health, as well as that of their students. And so looking for opportunities to provide these resources to educators, um, whether it's part of school mental health initiatives that are happening or part of professional learning opportunities for teachers, could be really important and could go a long way to providing the supports that teachers are asking for and need. You know, it's it's something that uh, I think all of us could use a lot more training in, especially because you get focused, you get this this goal in mind, or you've got this vision, and things are all working towards accomplishing that vision, and and uh, it, it it gets real easy to to just start pushing, and you forget that there's people that they got a lot of things on their plate. Some of it is the, uh, um, you know, it might be in their own personal world because they got three kids they got to figure out because they've been on virtual themselves or, you know, or just any number of things happening. I mean, like that happen in people's worlds, you know, divorce, uh, um, stresses coming from family um, issues that are going on or just any number of or, or positive things like, you know, getting married or, uh, you know, having a baby on top of uh, working, you know, trying to figure out how to stay focused on taking care of other people's needs at the same time. And and that's, you know, it, it's so important that uh, I think we get a little uh, 
uh, getting some support on how to deal with this, I guess is my point, and, and who to be and how and what tools can help us be successful. So good stuff. I, yeah, Jennifer, we're, we're, we're drawing to a close here. And uh, one of the things I want to get you to say is uh, um, how, can, how can somebody go and, uh, you know, if they were wanting to pursue, you know, connecting with Aperture, how do they go about doing that? And, and then at the same time, could you also explain where they can get more information about Aperture and EdCert? Yeah, definitely. So Aperture Education's website is probably the go-to source of information, both about Aperture and about our, our work, about EdCert and the DESA, um, our work to support the social and emotional skills of students and adults. Um, our website, we can you can access our website at www.apertured.com. And again, that's a great source of information. You can connect with my colleagues and myself on our website and learn more about what we do um, and what resources are available to support schools and out-of-school time programs in, in their efforts to promote the social and emotional skills of students. And that's awesome. I will have that uh, information in my show notes and uh, so that people can, can go there and go check out the website and uh, and reach out to you guys. So good stuff. I, uh, Jennifer, before we, before we go, I got two questions I like to ask my guests. And the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? That's a great question. Uh, so, you know, for me, I think a big thing has always been trying to connect the work that I do to something that has meaning to me. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed or, you know, feeling like I just can't get everything done today, I, I've tried to adopt a strategy in my work, in my life to just sort of take a few minutes and think about how, you know, all of these things, these tasks that I need to do, how they're ultimately going to be helpful to someone else and, and hopefully how they will eventually make a difference in the life of, of a teacher or a student, um, for, you know, for my work in particular. And so, you know, personally, I can often get really lost in details and get, you know, super focused on the task at hand that I, I can lose sight of, of the bigger picture. So, for me, just taking a few moments, connecting back to to my mission and my why, has really helped me in in times that I found challenging or difficult. That's excellent. I, I think sometimes we need a, a lot of uh, we need suggestions and, and hear how other people deal with it coming all at once. So I appreciate you sharing. Uh, last question I have for you, Jennifer, goes like this: Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it, and what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah, you know, I was. I've been really fortunate to have many teachers over the years who who really helped me and who helped who have helped make a difference in my life. And the teacher for me that probably sticks out the most is a high school French teacher, my high school French teacher that I had for four years of high school. Um, and she really inspired me to get into the field of education. So she, you know, as, as, you know, I took French for four years and uh, as I, you know, was sort of entering junior, senior year, this teacher provided opportunities for students to visit local elementary schools and teach foreign languages. So, you know, teaching students how to greet each other in French, how to, you know, do their numbers, for example. Um, and, you know, I am, have always been a very quiet, introverted person. So for me, this was a total stretch assignment. 
Um, but this teacher was just so encouraging and supportive to me. And I, I feel like at at the end of that experience, it really inspired me to, to go into education um, when I entered college. And, you know, if I could talk to her now, I would, I would tell her just how appreciative I am for both providing extra opportunities for students to, to find ways to really engage with, with what they're learning in school and have these opportunities outside of the school day. But at the same time, of just being encouraging and um, supportive to me um, as someone who, you know, wasn't wasn't my, you know, something that was supernatural to me, for example. So just that support, that encouragement, I'm, you know, so appreciative from her and really made a difference to me. That's awesome. Love it. Good stuff. Uh, Jennifer, thanks so much for talking with me today about social and emotional learning, aperture education and teacher well-being. Wish you the best in all you do. Thank you so much. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.